I think you need to go away. That is what my bride told me on Tuesday night. <laughs> if there's any flaws within a person's life that will be seen, it will be seen in your marriage, close friendships, relationships with parents, siblings, fill in the blank. Now, I'll give some context. What was happening was I had personally been experiencing bitterness and I wasn't forgiving myself. Unforgiveness towards myself. Uh, it was a weird thing to process. I took my bride up on her proposal and for two nights, my glorious bride, whom we have six kids to raise, she did her thing at the household and gifted me with a time away with God. And it was, it was uncomfortable. If you, haven't, if you feel like you've walked out of step with the Holy Spirit and then you spend time with him alone, it's uncomfortable. And I remember I called one of my mentors asking him, what do I, I, I have these couple nights stays. What do I do? It was unfamiliar to me to have this much time just to spend with God. I'd been operating in my flesh for over a month. Um, by God's grace, it doesn't affect y'all because you don't live in my household. But when a person walks in the flesh and you happen to be a mother or a father within your household or just with that, within your marriage relationship, it's going to affect the mantles that we carry the favor of God, the anointing that we have to enjoy life with all the fruits of the Spirit for me being a husband and a father were now stifled. I had lost that feel for God's presence. And here I was after a month of just trying to strive, trying to strive, my bride sees it in me and says, go, you need to connect with God. I praise God that I stand before you saying that I am being restored right now. I praise God. I say being because I've said too many times that I have came out of something and then God's like, oh no, son, no. This testing is going to continue. So right now I can feel again. I care for the people that I see today. I care for the call on my life. I care to pray for you, for me, my family, to serve my bride as Christ loved the church, to be obedient and walk in step with God the Holy Spirit, to read my Bible. I woke up today praying. That hasn't happened in a while, y'all. And again, I'm grateful, grateful for God's grace all my life that allows me moments of repentance before I step on this stage that is extremely dangerous to come and herald the word of God and say, obey, because this is how God intends our life. Therefore, we will flourish. And then to know that I have been walking inconsistently. So I praise God. I share all those things because one of the breakthroughs came by way of thinking back on memories I had with God. The memories where he brought me out of the muck 
and the mire, out of difficult times, out of purposeless seasons, and he restored me to joy in him. I thought of the times of thrill in my life where I truly enjoyed everything my hands got to do and my mind got to think on. And it brought me joy again. In the mundane, God reminded me of times that he made me content. He's reminded me of times where I never thought about the gifts continuing, especially prophecy. And he's now rattling through my brain these moments where people would come up to me and tell me things that they should not know about me. And it rekindled my belief in the supernatural care from God. We are in Luke chapter 2. And it chronicles the life of Jesus from his birth all the way to 10 years down the road. And there's a common person throughout all of it, his mother, Mary. And two times within that chapter, Luke goes out of his way to share with us that Mary treasured these things that she was seeing in her heart and pondered them often. That is today's message. Church, the life that we live is a journey with Jesus. Treasure the moments and think on them often. It will fuel our praise and our prayer. Are y'all ready to get after it? Let's pray. Holy Spirit of God, who are we apart from your revelation? Hide me behind this pulpit. Help us be okay, hidden in you, hidden in Christ, that we would make much of your name. That we would pursue, pursue your presence, we would cling to your promises, that we would operate in thanksgiving. Thank you for the counsel of your spirit. You never leave us, nor do you forsake us. But boy, do we grieve you. Do we grieve you. Whether we're in that season or not, God, you're a God who is wary of sin. You're sensitive to it. Your dove in the form of your spirit rested upon and remained on Jesus. And God, we ask that you would use this message to find a welcoming place in our lives. Again, or in increasing fashion. Jesus, you're good. Apart from you, we can do nothing. In Jesus' name, we all prayed. Amen. 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 Let's get into the first scene here. God is going to make this first memory, and he's going to bring these local shepherds. Local shepherds are going to visit Mary after he, she births Jesus, and then we're going to see Mary's subtle response. Verse 8. That night, there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks and sheep. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them. Don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. Ain't that the truth? 2,000 years later. 
the Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David, and you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, not unusual at the time, here's the unusual thing, lying in a manger. Suddenly, the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest of heaven and peace on earth to those whom God is pleased. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We live this truth today. When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. They hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph. There was a baby lying in the manger. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. Look with me at Mary's response right here. But Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought on them often. We're going to take a look at this part later. Let's continue on to see the shepherd's response after they realize, wow, what these angels told us is true. Verse 20, the shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. It was just, just as the angel had told them. What an experience for these shepherds. They're going through their mundane day to day, and then they get a visitation from an angel of the Lord. Now, I think Luke's being specific here, an angel from the Lord, because there are other messengers, unclean spirits, demons that cloak themselves like they're in light and deliver messages that have led to other religions or have deceived us even with half-truths. But yet here we see that this was true, an angel from the Lord, and it all happened. They're astonished. They look up at the end of the revelation they receive from, all these, from an angel of the Lord, and then they see an, a, a big old chorus of praising angels, must have been hundreds or thousands of them, singing about the good news of the Messiah. And then they go on, they end up finding the Messiah exactly how the angel of the Lord described it. And then they walked away glorifying and praising God. They had met the Messiah. And Mary was there for it all. She was there as they're bragging on God, these shepherds, about how they received this revelation. And she's taking it all in, realizing this is a God moment. You ever been in that place where you're not so busy to realize this is a God moment? Oh, would we be a church that is ever so sensitive to the presence of God that at any moment we could sense the presence of God. Stop and take, put it into a deposit for a memory to recall later. She sees all their excitement. Now we're going to go to the next scene here. Into the next scene, we're going to see it's going to take place at the temple. 
Mary, by tradition and Mosaic law, is going to take baby Jesus to go dedicate him at the temple. And then we're going to see someone else surprise Mary by coming and prophesying over Jesus. His name is Simeon. Verse 25. At that time, there was a man in in Jerusalem named Simeon. He was righteous and devout and was eagerly waiting for the Messiah to come and rescue Israel. The Holy Spirit was upon him and had revealed to him that he would not die until he had seen the Lord's Messiah. That day, the Spirit led him to the temple. So when Mary and Joseph came to present the baby, Jesus to the Lord, as the law required, Simeon was there. He took the child into his arms, praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, now let your servant die in peace as you've promised. I have seen your salvation, which you have prepared for all people. He is a light to reveal God to all of the nations. Hallelujah. And he is the glory of your people, Israel. What an amazing, exhilarating experience for Simeon. This guy is devout and righteous. So I'm putting two and two together, and I'm assuming that's why God the Holy Spirit reveals to him a secret. That's what we tell uh, friends of ours, don't we, who are close with us? Secrets. The Holy Spirit divulges to Simeon, you're going to see the Messiah before you die. Amazing. So here we have this guy who is so in tune with the voice that told him that revelation on a day now in the temple. He is familiar with that voice now leading him. Now he doesn't know exactly. The text doesn't say why he's being led. It may be for prayer. It may be for sacrifice. Luke's not actually clarifying in the text. But what we see is that he recognizes this baby that Mary is carrying as the Messiah. He received, in other words, a word of knowledge from God, the Holy Spirit. This is the one. Simeon never knew what age he would meet the Messiah at personally or what age the Messiah would be at the time. So he's looking and he's saying, this one right here that's eight years old, that's about to get circumcised, he's the one. You don't have that confidence unless you are certain with a gift of faith by God himself that this is the Messiah. An amazing experience, what it would have been being in Simeon's shoes. But note with me, Mary is there through it all through his praising that he does after he recognizes it and his praying that he does, Mary is in it all. Verse 33, Jesus' parents were amazed at what was being said to him. Mary and Joseph were amazed. They were learning the finer details of how God works in the world. It's not just that he gives revelation to them personally, like Mary received revelation that her son was the Messiah months before in chapter one, but also how he works in other people's lives. And he's, they're realizing new details that are coming about. And then 
she experiences, Simeon then prophesied. Look at this, verse 34. Then Simeon blessed them, meaning Joseph and Mary. And he said to Mary specifically, the baby's mother, this child, is destined to cause many in Israel to fall and many others to rise. He has been sent as a sign from God, but many will oppose him. As a result, the deepest thoughts of many hearts will be revealed. And a sword will pierce your very soul. Mary is being told the details and the pains that await her in the future. From all of people 2,000 years ago that were just like us. A little devoted sometimes, a lot of sinful sometimes, unregenerated sometimes. They did not like being exposed with truth like we do oftentimes. And because of that, they killed the Messiah because he claimed to be God in the flesh and claimed to bring truth to all the nations. They kill him for that. And Simeon downloads, gets a download from heaven and then tells Mary that she is going to be pierced her very soul with all the pains of watching it happen. Mary is in every scene and situation of this whole chapter. Y'all, this, this week and last week, I just wanted to preach on how awesome it is to receive a revelation from God like Simeon and Anna. And then the Holy Spirit's like, Mary's in every scene and she's doing something that COB needs to replicate for such a time as this. We're gonna move on to the next scene. A woman named Anna will meet Jesus. Verse 36, Anna, a prophet, was also there in the temple. She was the daughter of Phanuel from the tribe of Asher, and she was very old. Her husband died when they had been married for only seven years. Then she lived as a widow to the age of 84. She never left the temple, but stayed there day and night, worshiping God with fasting and prayer. What a woman. What a woman. It's so easy to read narrative in the Bible where characters are in play, right? We were in Genesis. There were, those were historical characters we were following. Now we're in Luke, following the storylines of real people who love. It's so easy when we go home and have our quiet times to read through something and it just goes over our head. So allow me to give a little bit more insight into how amazing this woman, Anna, was. All of her hopes, dreams were snatched away after seven years of being married, and then she loses her husband. Seven years of marriage, loses her husband, nothing to be expected. And the text says she did not go to bitterness, nor did she blame God. The text says, and Luke puts it in here for a purpose. Instead of that, she ended up finding God as her husband and companion. She chooses then to live with him in the temple, which was his residence at the time in history. And then she pours herself out in devotion to that relationship with fasting 
and praying. She's just worshiping her God. All out of the context of coming out of difficulty. All out of unmet expectations. All out of unmet dreams. Dreams never realized. A life cut too short. And this woman chooses to partner with God and worship him with all her heart. May we do the same. Let's read on to see her reaction now to meeting Jesus. Verse 38. She came along just as Simeon was talking with Mary and Joseph, and she began praising God. She talked about the child to everyone who had been waiting expectantly for God to rescue Jerusalem. She began praising God and became a mouthpiece to anyone. She knew everyone who was about that life, who was discerning spiritual things, who were truly pursuing the arrival of the Messiah when she realizes that she goes and she is the evangelist for it. The thing that she got revelation for to go and live with God the Father in his house, she's now saying and looking around, I'm gonna go and tell every, everyone and anyone of this good news. And Mary was there for it all. For every experience in these amazing encounters that people are experiencing, meeting the Messiah for the first time as an infant, she is there for all of it, taking it all in to think on later. Mary and Joseph, in this next scene we're going to jump to, it's 10 years down the path, and it's our last scene that the chapter covers. Ten years old is Jesus, and they lose him when they go to the temple. So let's look at this. We're going to see the religious teachers meeting a ten-year-old Jesus. Verse 45. When they couldn't find him, they went back to Jerusalem to search for him there. Three days later, they finally discovered him in the temple, sitting among the religious teachers, listening to them and asking questions. All who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. These religious teachers were visited by this 10-year-old in the temple and they're left amazed at his understanding. These are the dudes in the day whose lives were dedicated to reading the Hebrew Bible, to teaching the Hebrew Bible, to dispensing its doctrines, its theology, its truth. And that they stand before a 10-year-old Jesus and they're amazed at his knowledge, at his understanding, at his wisdom. After this, a couple of times, if you read through this passage, if you want to, Luke continues to say, and Jesus grew in stature and in wisdom. And here we see it here. And we see that Mary was there in this situation. Look with me at the response. As she's taking Jesus back, this is what happens. They're going home. Verse 51. Then he, meaning Jesus, returned to Nazareth with him, meaning his parents, and was obedient to them. And here it is. And his mother stored all these things. This is the second time Luke brings this up. In her heart. Sound familiar? Ten years later, we find Mary taking in a God moment to treasure in her heart for later. 
10 years later, Luke wants us to see that this woman, though she may have aged 10 years, has one spiritual habit that produces praise and prayer. It's that she treasured these moments in her heart and pondered them often. That's what Luke is using this repetitive language for. Mothers, you get this. You've stored up memories in your phone or logged them in your heart or in your memories and you recall them often. You recall the sweet days when Jack was four and he's running around naked because he pulled off his diaper. You look back on memories when he was nine and he was learning how to ride a bike, read a book at three, I don't know, unless you got a brilliant kid, four years old. You parents, especially you mothers, you know this. God wants to shift not just you, but this church into acknowledging the holiness of a moment that God is in a place and to treasure it in our hearts to think on later. It will produce praise and prayer. And it does, you don't have to be in my situation. I don't like that we're in situations of dryness. I don't want that for you. I don't want that for me. Whether you are on the mountaintop or the valley, anything in between, God is deserving of prayer and praise. Church, we can all recall moments in our life where Jesus showed up, where he showed up in those low moments, reminding you that he is your hope. He showed up in the high moments where he reminds you that a life in him is truly the most sustaining, enjoyable life there is. He's met you in the moments of the mundane where you're thinking about your purpose in life and he gifts you with contentment. Our God is a relational God. He's doing that on purpose. He's giving us these downloads to remember and these encounters to experience for a reason. He loves when we spend time thinking on those things because they produce something in us. Praise and prayer. He's our perfect father. He loves when we think back on the first and moments since times where we have experienced him as a perfect father where we've experienced the blessing of being adopted into a spiritual family, where we experience that it doesn't matter about your performance after you've put your trust in Jesus for your salvation. You're a son and you're a daughter of his. He delights in a sweet aroma of us just walking by faith and not by sight as sons and daughters of his. A recent story. Now, you know, take this as whatever it is. I'm going to sleep on one of these nights earlier this week. And the word that the Holy Spirit gave me was a prayer. It was, God, Holy Spirit, would you rest upon me? Would your favor be upon me as I remain in you? As I obey you, Jesus, would you allow me to experience once again the joy of your salvation? And in that moment, he made me really keen to God moments, to hearing his voice. I'm going to spare you all the details, but what ended up happening was he asked me to go witness in a hotel at 10 p.m. 
I had every reason to not do this. I'm going to sleep. And in my mind's eye, there's a number, two or three, two, seven. And then the next thought is pray. And I'm like, I'm going to pray, Lord. So I start praying for whoever's in that room. And then the next thought is, no, go knock on the door and pray for them. I'm like, oh, Lord, no. No, I wanted all of your blessing, but I didn't want the, I didn't want the hard time, the difficulty, the testing. Short of the long of that, God moves me then to be extremely uncomfortable. I walk down and I do a Gideon move. As I'm walking down the stairs, it's 10 p.m. I'm saying to myself, Lord, this is dumb. It's, it's, it's not safe. Don't you know I'm married with a lot of kids? Someone could get hurt here. I wouldn't want anyone. I wouldn't want to, to have someone knock on my door at 10 p.m. at a hotel room from a stranger looking through a keyhole. So I'm walking down and I pull the Gideon move. And I say, God, if you really want me to pray for this person, you just bring them out. So I walk by. I'm like, oh, crap. I look and their door had the, don't, the privacy one. I'm like, it happens to be two people on this floor that have a privacy thing. So I know at, two, at room 327, this person for real doesn't want to be disturbed. And then I, I also see the lights on. I'm like, oh, Lord. So then I walk by, did the Christian thing, walk by. And then I was like, okay, I got to walk back by this door to get back to my room. I walk by again. And then I just thought to myself, you know what, God, I think you have a memory you want to make. You want to have a memory you want to make with whoever's in there. And I sure, I sure know with me, that's for sure. So knock on the door and swing opens the door. It's this guy named Alex. And I try to be as cautious with my wording as possible. I'm literally back against the wall across the aisle hallway. And I just say, hey, man, I was going to sleep and I was praying. And then God put um, that you're number three to seven. And this is the door. And he was like, uh, go pray for that person. I'm so sorry. This is weird. And he goes, that's interesting. I actually just got a new job offer that I need wisdom on. He had just hung up on an offer that would take him most, most likely to another state to go work. And here I was doing my best to just hear God. Short of long of that is prayed. He ended up being blessed. A memory was created. We talked about how God cares for him, that he would send some 35-year-old dude who no one else looks like because I'm Tongan from California to his door to knock at 10 p.m. to just pray for him just to pray for him. And you could see he felt that God was in that place, just astonished. God has memories that he wants to use each and every one of us for. The big dilemma will be, will we get out of the way? The big dilemma will be, what, what does our reputation uh, count for? Do we hold it in high regard? Because that was the biggest thing I almost walked away from that opportunity from. It was truly because of embarrassment. But God delighted in a son, happened to be me that night, walking by faith and not by sight. God delights in us, church, when we recount all of the blessings and benefits and memories that he has made with us. Would we be a church that is truly aware of those moments, asks for those moments, so that 
our praise and our prayer would increase so that God would be honored, so that there would be more image bearers who would be exposed to the fragrance of Christ in Jesus' name. Each one of us has been given authority from on high. All of the miracle signs and wonders that we have seen in Scripture and we will see in Luke are available for any vessel, any vessel that God wants to use. If you have a desire for to, to minister God's love to someone, who's to say he won't put his hand of favor upon you for a moment in grace and lead you to pray for something you never expected, for you to receive words of knowledge and downloads from a good father to give to other people so that they would come to either saving faith or a greater worship of their king. Church life is a journey through its ups and downs. Jesus is with us in it all as he was with Mary. Take in each moment as Mary did. Think on them often and watch our praise go up. In Jesus' name. God, bless your church. As the band comes up, bless your church. Bless your church. God, I'm asking that your spirit would continue to drive home the revelation that you have given to different people within this room. The next steps you've given to each person in this room. You are worthy of praise. You are worthy of prayer. Would we be people who are led by your spirit that do not grieve you and that consider union and holiness as a thing to be honored. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.